Hey, I'm Jeremy Roenick, and why wouldn't a guy listen to the Monday Nooner? I do. Why wouldn't a guy? Here's the shot they score when the first NHL goal for Jeremy Roenick. Here's Roenick, and our goal scores! Roenick, tie game! Roenick has the ability to really pick up speed when he receives the puck and make great moves at a high tempo. And he totally fools Patrick Waugh on this play. Welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 23 of the Monday Nooner podcast coming to you live tonight from the boardroom of Realty One in Regina. Got an awesome episode coming up, as you probably know as you're tuned in. A really exciting interview in just a little bit. Going to introduce you to the gentleman first, starting off with Sean Kindop. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm back from a two-week suspension from having poor quality interviews, so it's good to be back, and hopefully I can step my game up. All righty then, Shane Belter. Well, hey, you know, it's just good to be here. I'm glad we got Kinder back. Got to give the fans what they want, so we got Kinder back in his seat tonight. Our Twitter was just going nuts, people. Where's Kinder? Where's Kinder? Where's Kinder? Really? You know where one guy asked if you went to get a vasectomy? Gentle procedures. Well, we might as well go into gentle, gentle procedures. procedures. Saskatchewan, the no-needle, no-scalpel vasectomy. They're like Probably those Ryan Rocket pricks. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy kind of I think he got you and Shane mixed Belter mixed up and he's like did he f- go get his vasectomy why wouldn't a guy gentle procedures Saskatchewan.ca no needle no scalpel vasectomy you guys do have the same laugh though and we sound the, the same the exact same laugh there's a few twirls when I listen yeah. back and I don't know who's laughing out of one of us donkeys one of us can and it's not me <laughs> so yeah big episode coming up this week Jeremy Roenick our interview in just a little bit uh, got lots lots to get to before we do that we're gonna go back to the last episode for last mountain distillery of course they've got so many great things on the shelves I just picked up like I mentioned last week some cherry whiskey should mention their hazelnut stuff too isn't that brand new yeah the hazelnuts out it's uh, a nice 16 point eight smooth on the rocks or with the coffee in the morning well, it's great to just prime the engine before you get into the cherry whiskey but it's yeah it's it'll get you where the, you need to go no the cherry whiskey is a good primer because it's Very smooth good. too and then you hit up their single cask whiskey and you just keep it going and then the headache the next day and let's go last episode for last mountain distillery of course uh, last week trent mccleary Awesome story there. Swifty folks uh, got a good kick out of him on the show. Really cool to hear the story about what happened with his throat and everything. Of course, I kind of knew about it, but hearing the details, that was pretty amazing stuff. Probably not so cool for him, but the story was was good. All around, like he's just a good dude. He took a bad situation and he made the most of it, right? You know, I'm from Swift and I made lots of calls trying to get some dirt on Drink. T-Mac. Really? <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't get anything. I couldn't oh, get really? nothing. Everybody said he was super vanilla. Like vanilla. Oh, he, he was he was into it right off the hop in his yeah. garage, sitting there. Uh, probably having maybe a whiskey or whatever. He is you know primed it up. It was great. And you know what? The other thing is, we've all heard that story so much. 
uh, up here, something I shouldn't say like for us, but guys in the States that I know that listen to the program, they had no idea. They were like, oh wow, like that was so crazy. No idea, had to go to Google, had to wa- or had to go to YouTube, had to watch it. And uh, yeah, Trent, Trent was a, just a gentleman. He could come back on, he's got a lot of stories. Anytime. When it gives you the goosebumps when he talks about uh, knowing where the doctor sat and if he wouldn't have got out, like just, I get that, yeah, that's, it's unreal. Speaking of goosebumps, it's getting chilly out there. 22 fresh, now's the time of the year you want a hoodie or one of those bomber, their winter bomber jackets. There it is, boys, right there. I'm getting it one. goes covered the inside and the outside. Nice solid black. You could wear that with a nice slack. You could get you could get away with like a workday slack. New pair of jeans, maybe a rip in the knee. It would work for those too. Yeah, 22 fresh. And they got the gitch that we're wearing. Boz, what's the name of them? Fresh balls. Fresh balls. They got leggings now. They got... Uh, Ooh, belts. Hang on, hang on boys. Hang on. Oh, there they are right Should there. You've had them on there. for a week, got so they're probably on. not too fresh. No, they're good. Hey, <laughs> Only man, pair like, of gaunts you got. These ones are like self-airing ones. They're, they're, they're awesome. And speaking of 22 Fresh, it is shopping season. Use the Monday Nooner code, 15% off on your online orders. And we are like days away oh, from releasing the Sticks and Gas hoodie. Can't from wait. 22 Fresh. Well, with everything going on with COVID and them saying, you know, just limit yourself. Like, why wouldn't you shop online? It gets shipped or it's... Yeah. Shop local and online at the same time with 22 Fresh. It's yeah. a win-win. The come up for Joel Trapp and the fine folks right here at Realty One. They're going to help you out with everything you need, buying or selling in the Regina area. And they're going to be a sponsor going into the new year, boys. They are renewing. Not a problem there. So Joel Trapp, Realty One, Rob Peterson, the whole crew here. Thank you very much. That's where we're recording. That's where we are recording the program. So coming up, it's going to be a pretty tight program, to be honest. We're going to talk a little bit of Japan about hockey, senior hockey, of course. Down, We're going to talk about that. We got our uh, top 10 show that released yesterday. The interview the tirade we have an awesome hunting yeah we have a hunting and fishing segment too we have an awesome boz has a deadly story from we got some fan mail great on the hunting and fishing hotline fan mail you know when you call the fishing hotline we got a call into that and i also have a uh, last second bet if you're listening on thursday with masters uh, the masters coming up this weekend so all you degenerates will have a little info for you for this weekend's golf you have to listen to the fan mail Uh, it's gonna be fun and then the interview is unbelievable jeremy ronick probably know him from nhl 94 i heard of him yeah yeah, mm. some great stories. Really? So JR's coming up, and to come up again for Joel Trapp and everyone here at Realty One. Hey, why wouldn't a guy? As everybody knows, over the last uh, week or so, we had that awesome Monday Nooner fire pit that was made and put together by High Tech Profiles, donating their time, materials, and of course, uh, craftsmanship to make that Monday Nooner fire pit one of a kind deal. We want to say thank you to them for uh, doing that for us, and of course, a big thank you to Trevor Crozier. Twelve hundred and fifty dollars was the uh, winning bid. All of that money, 100% of it going to uh, Hockey Heroes and more specifically Superheroes Regina, which is just an unbelievable charity. Well, well then thanks. And even to everybody else that bid and took the time out that was willing to uh, to support such a great charity, we, we truly appreciate it. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and the kids, I mean, you're giving to the kids and it's just such a fantastic thing. I mean, we could talk about it all day, but uh, you know, typical Saskatchewan people coming together. And uh, thanks, everybody. It's, a, it's going to a great cause. I just want to say, if you don't know what Hockey Heroes is, 
and you're sitting on the couch or doing whatever, it look it up. It's really cool what they do and yeah. the opportunities they give kids that don't get these opportunities otherwise. So Hockey Heroes is the charity. The program that we decided to uh, specifically help out is Superheroes. So Superheroes is, is open to boys and girls with physical and cognitive challenges. So uh, they can be anywhere from 7 to 17. They're buying these you know special pieces of equipment so right. they can skate. If you've seen the videos... They're it, uplift. They're super uplifting. Like they're feel good videos. Absolutely, they're it's awesome. a tremendous charity. If you don't know who they are, take the time, look into it, check it out. Thanks, High Tech. And now, time for the interview brought to you by Cathedral Electric and Dave Spooner. Anything you need done electrically, maybe even do they? They probably wouldn't do Christmas lights. I need help with that. I butchered mine already. Spooner's the kind of guy that probably would. Yeah, help he'd probably do, do it in his spare time. He's yeah. such a nice guy. You see him out there, Cathedral Electric, Dave Spooner. If you can't, if you don't know how to get a hold of him, you got issues. But then you can just get a hold of us, and we'll get a hold of Dave for you. And he'll show up. He works Saturdays and Sundays. Unbelievable guy, Cathedral Electric. So doesn't need much of an introduction, everybody. Jeremy Ronick, what an interview! I had to miss this interview, and it really sucked. Yeah, getting the text from you guys, calling me like, "Oh my god, it was unbelievable." Gone for work, and and didn't get to join you guys, and boss is a big fan of the show and uh i should have just either a taken the day off because yep. it probably would have been worth it mm-hmm. or b i should have called him and told him it was j freaking r yeah and he might have said you know what just uh take the day off take the day off well, if your if your boss was dave spooner he'd have gave you the day <laughs> off for sure your boss sounds really cool we got to give him a nickname so when we talk about bo- boss's boss yeah fonzie Fonz. the Fonz. that'll Fonzie. be the code word when we talk about fonzie we talk about boss's you boss. got a good loaf on him you gotta have a good loaf if your nickname's Fonzie, though. Fonz. I don't know if Fonzie's the right nickname for him. Uh, we're gonna go with Fonzie. We'll work for now. on that. We'll get back to it next week. Oh, the sacrifices I make for you. Hey. It's not even so much me as it's Ronick. He's good. Oh, is that right? Elio steals Ronick. You bitch. Score Chicago. Oh, oh my. Oh. Such fucking bullshit. But that was pretty. So check this out on the Instagram, dude. Let's start here, Jeremy. With uh, you know, where are you? Where are you now? Like, where where, where are you laying your head? What what are you up to? You're you're probably swinging the wrenches quite a bit. Yeah, I'm in San Diego right now. I actually came out here in July and August to try to beat the heat in Arizona because it's miserable in Arizona during the summer months. So we came out here just to uh, enjoy San Diego. We've been out here many times, and uh, while I was out here, uh, a good friend introduced me to. Uh, one of his business partners, which is in the therapeutic world, so um, pharmaceuticals. So I, um, uh, he asked me to come and help him with his therapeutic antibodies that he's uh, kind of coming out with in his COVID tests and all the things that are going on to try to help the world. And because of my relationships with, uh, with the president and uh, my close ties to a lot of the people uh, in government, he wanted me to come on and uh, kind of be a liaison between his company and and um and the government to try to get try to get a, a therapeutic antibody to help cure the world so that's kind of what i've been doing here and it's 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 morphed into five or six other businesses that i've been doing and to tell you the truth i have no clue what's going on in sports because i've been so engulfed in in politics and and covid and ppe and all that crazy stuff so Let's just say, let's just say, I'm I'm using my brain more than my talents. That's my my physical talents. That's for sure. 
you got to know you got to know that the Masters though is coming up uh, coming up next week. Well, you know it's funny. I, I played golf with Charles Barkley the other day, and he says I have to get I, I have to get practice. I have to get ready for next for next month. I'm like, what are you doing next month? He's like, we got the match. I'm like, what do you mean the match? And he told me that about the match with him and Phil Mickelson and and um, uh, Curry and Manning. And I didn't even know that that match was going on. Like that's something that I would know because it's golf, yeah. and that's what I would know because I love those matches. And I think this match will be the best of the three that have already happened. But um, yeah, I'm just so out of the sports world, man. It's unbelievable. It really is. Do you um, do you want to talk about the NBC situation and the frickin' pigeon move there by them, or are you kind of is that beyond you? And you know now, or I don't know where the, the lawsuit went yeah. and everything. Uh, it's still it's still ongoing, and obviously the um, the uh, the pandemic has slowed everything down, um, which is fine. Um, you know, listen, things things happen for a reason. There's sometimes great things come from bad things. Um, listen, you talk to a lot of people, and I would I would tend to say that most people said that I got shafted. My boss didn't like me because he couldn't control me. My boss didn't like me because I was uh, I was a, I was a Republican Trump supporter, uh, and he's and he's a he's a he's a, a left lefty 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 crazy liberal, and so he didn't like me. And he, I think he took a the first opportunity that he could to get rid of me, probably because he loved having Sharpie there. That he kind of took my place in terms of the, the I maybe the stature maybe the stature type. I don't know. I'm just throwing reasons out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't need to hash it. Uh, we all know the NBC is a, is is a is a company that has uh, that has favorite that shows favoritism. It's it's who you are. If you're if you're in their ship, if you believe in their in their beliefs, if you're you know think the same way as they do, then you're okay. But if not, they're going to ship you out. There, it's just. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. There's no equal treatment yeah. uh, through NBC, and they have a history of double standard. History of double standard. You you had to have been getting quite a few offers though to do different things, whether it's back in in hockey or just you know even podcasting or on air anything like that. Because you're so you were so damn good at it, and you did it for a lot of years. You, you must have been the offers must have been coming in. Actually, you know what? I think um, the way, the way NBC threw me under the bus um, and the way that they did it. And then the way that the media has uh, works these days, uh, the media is very quick to to throw their own uh, version and and pander to uh, to the to the story that everybody will read. Right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to read drama. Everybody wants to read, uh, you know, where somebody's saying something wrong or you know you know cancel culture or whatever the case may be. You know, people don't want to read about nice things anymore. The media works on, on taking somebody and accentuating it to make it sound even worse and make it sound worse. And I think the media took how NBC treated my situation and uh, made me look like uh, like the devil. They, 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 you know, NBC kind of pretty much pretty much tried to ruin my reputation. Yeah. They tried to ruin my, um, um, you know, the, the, everything that I have built and. You know, to tell you the truth, uh, I, don't, I don't really I didn't want to really be in the in the, the network sports world after the way that I was treated by them. So 
Um, I had other I had other mm-hmm. options to do other things, and I am starting a, a new uh, streaming platform with a couple friends of mine called No Filter Broadcast. So I will be doing uh, my own my own streaming site without having an asshole boss saying what I can't say. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, let's let's get into some fun stuff here. First off, I got to ask you because it was in Arizona, and that's where I was confused with the whole San Diego thing. The snake video. What goes through your mind? Have you did did you do that? You know, somewhere before because man, we've all you know we all played golf down there in the Rattlers, and you get scared shitless, and you just did it like it was your job. Well, Gary McCord did it one time when I was playing golf with him. And Gary McCord is a crazy is a crazy bastard too. He doesn't care. And I saw him catch a catch a rattler with a pitching wedge. So I was like, I thought that was the cool. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, I'm not really afraid of um, of shoulderless monsters. So I, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I think I, I look forward to a challenge like that. And you know. I always say, try to stay behind them. Try to stay behind them. <laughs> try to stay behind their mouth. I don't really care. It's, you got to be really careful. There's no question. But I like to I like to do things that most people wouldn't. And you know, like trying to jump on the alligator down in Bay Hill. That was that was funny. Um, it was funny at the time. It, it could have turned really not funny. But um, the best part of that whole thing, and the reason why I wouldn't change it, is because I had one of the coolest meetings that that day so i jumped on the i tried to jump on the alligator it did what it's supposed to do and and you know jumped out back in the water i pretty much relied on that aspect (laughs) but after after the round after the round we're all sitting in the clubhouse you know talking having a couple pops and talking about the round and in comes arnold palmer and he walks over to our table and he puts his hands on two of the guy's shoulders and he looks across the table at me and he goes hey hockey boy Will you leave my alligators alone? They're fucking scared shit out there right now. And I, I, I was like, I was like, yes, Mr. Arnold Palmer, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was- when you think Saskatchewan, Jr., what do you think? What do you think of? Um, I love Saskatoon. Absolutely, I've had the greatest times Drink. in Saskatoon from the first time I was there in 1991 during the Canada Cup. I was there with Chris Chelios, Brett Hall, Gary Souter, um, Mike Richter, some of some of my favorite favorite um, U.S. players of all time. And we went up there to have us have um, an exhibition match against Canada. And um, I I, listen. I just remember the energy that was in Saskatoon. The bar scene was second to none, second to none with all with, with both teams in town. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, Canada is the mecca of hockey. There's no question. But a city like Saskatoon that I think I I would think could support an NHL team and it doesn't uh, to have two of the best hockey hockey powerhouses in the world in their city at the same time. I It was I swear to God, it was one of the craziest, most fun times I've ever had. Then coming up last last year, year and a half to do, uh, you know, to do the um, the alumni, the alumni hockey tournament up there uh i i never had more fun with a bunch of crazy whack balls in my life it was the best yeah saskatoon is a great town saskatoon's got a great realtor dave price century 21 fusion up in saskatoon if you're buying or selling look up dave price he can help you out your family whoever you need you talk about saskatchewan the bar scene we uh 
I was always a big fan of yours, but I worked for the Pats a couple years ago, and Greg's on, and Jamie Campbell were up, and we were we were good. We were sold out, and he goes, hey, what are the odds you can get a buddy of mine into the game? And I was like, well, I don't see one. I'll like, you're our guest. I was like, well, who who's your buddy? And he goes, Jeremy Roenick. I was like, fuck yeah, we can get JRN. This is then Zon being Zon having a couple. goes, well, now where are we going? I was like, well, there's a bar down the street. And he goes, can you get us in? I'm like, well, I'm sure you guys can get yourself in, but yeah. And so he had his big fur trench coat on. and It's a little, a little time in Regina, too. A little time in Regina. You know, listen, I, I've, never, I've never been one to be like the, oh, I'm Jeremy Roenick, let me in. You know, I'm never like I hate people like that. You know what I like to do? I like to make get make friends with all the managers and all the owners and all the bouncers and ha- then help get my friends in. But if I want to go someplace, I'm going to ask nicely if you can help me out. I'm not going to sit there and throw my name all over the place like I deserve to get in here. I hate people like that. Assholes. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's go back to uh, back to when you were a kid. And, and I was reading you did a lot of traveling to play hockey back in the day. Yeah. Jr. in that you know, kind of eastern. Uh, seaboard area was it because your dad was getting moved around a lot and and where uh you know where were all your stops Uh, before Thayer yeah it it, yeah it was because of my dad my dad was a was an area manager for mobile oil and he you know it's that's kind of like being um in the military to tell you the truth he (laughs) had to go from from area to area to open up mobile stations to create different business business things uh for mobile you know how they have all these um when you go into a gas station they have a like a subway or they have a dunkin donuts or they have something attached to them that was one of my dad's ideas so he had to go from place to place to create different uh aspects for mobile oil and i had to go with him so we lived in i was born in boston moved to texas moved back to um connecticut then two times in connecticut then to Virginia, then to New York, then back to Boston. And I mean, before I was 18 and left, I probably lived in 12 different places before I was 18. So New Jersey, you, you had to fly to the games uh, from uh, Virginia. So probably out of Dulles, you had to, you had to get to New Jersey for your right. Bantam games. You played two year Bantam. Is it true? The one year you played 75 games and had 300 points. I did. Yeah, I did. It was, um, and you're right. I, I, uh, I, on Fridays, my mom would pick me up around 11 o'clock at school, would drop me off at the, at the airport, um, at your right Dulles on a people's express. That was an old flight that the old airline that used to be. And I used to sit in the back where smoking was still allowed on planes and yes. absolutely suffocating and coughing in the back of a people's express from <laughs> Dulles to Newark, you know, coughing on people's cigarettes. And, um, and I would play every weekend, whether we traveled, you know, to different cities or different countries or whatever. Um, won two Bantam National Championships, um, and uh, yeah, three three hundred three hundred and something points is is it's incredible. Is probably this is more like three forty in, in seventy five games. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, how old would you have been when you were in Connecticut? Uh, let's see. So, Connecticut, I was. Well, I lived there in two different places. I lived in Glastonbury, Seymour three different places in Danbury. So I was eight, seven, six until 11, I okay. think six until 10. So, and that's where I met. That's, that's where I had that little uh, experience with Gordy Howe when I was seven years old in Hartford, which was pretty cool. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about. Cause everyone says that you were, you were known as being a fan favorite. And then there was an incident at a Hartford Whaler game. Can you take us into that just for the people listening? 
Yeah. Well, I was always one. I, I was always one when I when I first got to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I was so excited, and I was just I I I, I felt like such a so blessed to be able to play in the National Hockey League and for people to come watch me play. You know, I would stay after warm-ups and throw pucks to people. Nobody ever did that, by the way. I, nobody in the in the 80s stood and threw practice pucks to the fans. So I like to say that I started that trend back in the 80s. So um, I'm going to stick to that uh, for sure. But there's a reason why I love the fans so much, and there's a reason why um, I try to do as much as I can to make them uh, understand and realize that I'm really thankful that they're there uh, because, you know, Without the fans, our games would be a you know local beer leagues at the at the local arena with your designated beer guy. Let's let's not you know beat around the bush. There's no question that the fans make professional sports go. So and and I know that being a National Hockey League player or a celebrity or a, a athlete, you you can inspire kids. You can give people you know something to you know to, to tell stories about or feel good about. And Gordy Howe did that to me when I was seven. You know, we, I, we just finished a game at our local arena and the Hartford Whalers were coming on for their morning skate and all the kids were lined up on the glass watching the Hartford Whalers skate by Mark Howe and Marty Howe were on the team at the time with his, with their dad. And Gordy Howe dumped a whole bunch of snow on top of my head, like a ton of snow. Nobody else, just me. And he skated back around and he winked at me and, you know, um, and for that 30 seconds, in my in my mind, it was just me and Gordy Howe. He he referenced me. He 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 picked me out of the crowd to have some fun with me, and I thought it was so cool. I remember how it made me feel that there was, even though we didn't talk, there was there was a, a communication, and he acknowledged me, and 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 that's where I really believe that acknowledgement is a very important part of not only sports but in life, right? Make people feel good. So I told that story to everybody. And I'm telling you the story at 50 years old. So my point is for 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, when it's, it's nothing to us to look at somebody, throw them a puck, uh, grab their hat off their head. Um, I used to reach through the, through the camera hole and take popcorn out of a kid's bag during, <laughs> during commercials, you know, just anything to show, to show a little, um, a little acknowledgement, like, Hey, thanks for coming. Let's have some fun. And, I hope that I created a lot of stories for other kids the way that Gordy Howe um, provided for me. That's you know, you know, and, and Gordy is the ultimate uh, Sasky gentleman, right? From yep. Saskatoon. Well, he Drink. born in uh, Floral, Saskatchewan. Went to went to a school at King George in Saskatoon. Yeah, so big statue. G- Gordy's a Gordy's a beauty. So. Quickly, Jr. you get drafted out of Thayer. And for people in Saskatchewan that, that don't know kind of what Thayer is, you know, it basically getting drafted at a high school. Um, how, how surprising was that? Did you know that was coming? And to go in that first round with it, and it was a, it was an awesome draft. Like Medano went one playing in PA. Yep. Um, you know, was that, was that unexpected or did you expect that coming out of Thayer? Uh, well, we didn't expect it. And going to Thayer. So, I mean, you know, you guys know the story. Gretzky came uh, to Boston when I was 14 and tried to get me to go play in Hull and uh, play junior hockey. Uh, Took me to the game, took me out for breakfast, all that stuff. Um, I had to say no to Wayne Gretzky because my mom wouldn't let me leave. 
which was kind of hard. You don't say no regrets. <laughs> hold on, hold on. But, but yet, but yet, yeah. she sends you on a plane with people smoking every weekend to Jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, and, and by the way, this is also this is also my mom. This is also my mom that when I was 13 years old, playing in a in a regional final, and wasn't playing very well. I'm I'm on the ice and I hear this scream. And I'm sorry, I don't know if this is a PG-rated show no, or not, but never. you can it out. Go nuts. So I'm on the ice, and all of a sudden I hear, get off the ice, you fucking pussy! <laughs> and, like, what, what, what the? and I look up, and it was my mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is the best story of the pod. Yeah, that's my, that, that, And it was my mom. Um, just, I, I was just, just humiliated. Oh. I just didn't know what to do. But anyway, so... Um, <laughs> So go, going back to the to the brain to the my Thayer draft. Listen, back in the '80s, high school kids and and high school American kids just weren't um, very draftable, yeah. and they especially weren't draftable because it was it was not in the NHL's kind of uh, recipe to uh, to go down to the to, to high school hockey in the U.S. Obviously, they want big, strong, tough guys. Uh, it was more of a Canadian-based draft. And I was 140 pounds, 145 pounds in my junior year of high school. So I knew I was going to get drafted high, but to be drafted, uh, you know, in the, in the first round, right, eighth overall is almost a miracle because, um, again, I was a junior in high school. I was 140 pounds. I wasn't physical. And, but I had talent and there was a guy named Jack Davison who was the, one of the main scouts and Sean Cody, who was one of the major scouts for, um, for the Chicago Blackhawks. And the night before the draft, those, both those two said, if you do not draft this kid at number eight, we're quitting. They put their jobs on the line for the Hawks to pick me. And they did. And, um, you know, it's been it's been pretty great ever since. You talk about that draft. You know how many goals that goals accumulated by some by those first ten picks: Mike Medano, Trevor Linden, um, wow. Martin Jelena, myself, Tamu Solani, Rod Brindamore. Think think of the, the goal totals. You know, then we we they had a, they had a one dud in Danielle Doré, who was number five that went to Quebec. I think he played one game. He was a fighter. Um, Probably one of the worst picks in the history of the National Hockey League, Daniel Doré, number fifth, number five pick. But um, that could have been me going to Quebec, actually. When we have Curtis Lecision on in Saskatoon, he's going to want to plug. So you better you better mention Lecision in that. Well, draft. no, Curtis Lecision's not. A, uh, he's no. He was number three, but he was not. A, no. He was not a goal scorer. He prevented <laughs> us from scoring goals. Yeah. But but by the way, but by the way, an unbelievable, unbelievable career that Curtis Lecision yeah. had. He was not fun to play against. So. Um, the next year out of Thayer. So do you go play with Hull and then to Chicago or was it Chicago? No, to Hull? no, no, no. I actually, I actually was going to go to BC because Chicago was only offering me $95,000 and I didn't want to take it. And then, uh, I went to my first class at BC, uh, because I, I accelerated out of high school. I took summer classes. So after my junior year, I took my whole senior year in summer school at Boston college oh, wow. so I can get out, um, to hopefully go play pro, but 95,000 wasn't enough for me as a first round draft pick. So, uh, but I went to my first class and learned what a syllabus was. And I left five minutes into my first class 
and pl- was playing in my first NHL scrimmage 24 hours after I learned what a syllabus was wow. and I left. So yeah, it was, it, it, it's a crazy story, but I played, I made the team. I made the team. I played four games to start the season and I didn't play too well. So Mike Keenan sent me to Hull to try to get some, you know, little higher, higher level uh, and, you know, playing against tougher guys, yeah. playing with travel, all that stuff. And I ended up but playing 26, 27 games there and had like 72 points, 73 points. I lit that league up too. I yeah. loved it. You did. So then you, your first year, your first couple of years in, in Chicago, let's go to them because you play with some real sasky gentlemen. Trent Yanni from Hudson Bay, Dave Manson from PA, Dirk Graham from Rajani. You got to have a good story about one of those three from your first couple of years. I got a lot. <laughs> um, first of all, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people that I ever played with was Dave Manson. Um, I never, I never wanted to play against Dave Manson. I was always so happy that he was on my team yeah. uh, because this man was so scary when he got mad. Um, one of the best fights I've ever seen was was uh, Manson versus Stevens in the uh, in the. Um, the Valentine's Day massacre. I don't know if you guys ever seen any videos of that, but it was, I mean, look on YouTube, the Valentine's Day massacre fight. It was absolutely unbelievable. Those two going at it and being, I was afraid watching them to tell you the truth. Um, there was one time with Dave Manson, we come into the locker room after the, after a period and Mike Keenan came into the locker room yelling and screaming at us. Like he usually did. Um, and, he yelled at Dave Manson and almost like blamed Dave Manson for why we were losing. And Matt stood up with his skates on half untied and screamed at Mike, like and chased and started and threw his shoulder pads at Mike Keenan and then started running at Mike through the locker room. And Mike Keenan went, so I'm coming and took off outside the locker room and, and Dave Manson chased him out of the locker room and onto the concrete and almost fell, fell and killed himself, you know, and knocked himself out on his, on his skates on the concrete. I don't think Mike came in the locker room um, for a couple of days after that. I, I wouldn't either. Um, my Trent Yanni story. And I love Trent too. So after a game, we, we got crushed. And the next day in practice, we were getting going up to practice and, you know, we had to go up the 26 stairs in Chicago stadium yeah. to get to the arena and we get up there, the lights are off, there's no nets, no pucks, and we skate around and skate around, and now we know we're going to get bagged because there's no pucks, there's no lights, there's no nets, and we're like, oh, man. We skate around for like 35 minutes, skating around, skating around, waiting for the coaches. And we're like, oh, this isn't good. So, so some guys sitting on the ice, some guys sitting on the bench, a couple guys skating, all of a sudden the coaches come up. Mike Keenan comes up with a chair, with a chair. And he puts the chair at center ice. And he sits in the chair and he goes, okay, half on the goal line, half on the sidewall. And so we split up and he blows his whistle. Goal line, down and back. So down, back, side, over and back, over back. We do that 15 minutes. He goes, switch. So we switch sides. 15 minutes down, 15 minutes over. So by the, by the fourth time, that, by the fourth um, cycle, and I'm in Trent Yanni's group. So we go all the way down to the goal line, all the way back. Trent Yanni stops skating at the blue line. So Keenan goes, Yanni, go again. So Yanni goes down, skates back. He stops skating at the top of the circles. Yanni, go again. He goes all the way back down, comes all the way, stops at the top, at the bottom of the circles. Yanni, 
go again. Now, meanwhile, all of us are, thank God, he stopped skating because we were going to puke anyway, so we're getting our rest. So Trenyani goes down one more time, comes back, and he stops about this far from the goal line. Trenyani, go again. <laughs> Trent went again, and he went through center ice, and he went right through center ice, and he crushes Mike Keenan right off the chair. Mike <laughs> Keenan starts sprawls, sprawls on the ice, right? And Keenan gets up and goes, it's about fucking time you hit somebody, Yanni. Everybody off the ice. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Is that freaking. Right? And, and then Dennis Savard, as we're skating off the ice, Dennis Savard in his French accent goes, God damn it. If I knew all that we have to do is hit that son of I would hit that son of a bitch. First, first shift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh my God, such a good story. Is that is it that was so funny? Good. How about uh, you know? Unfortunately, we 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 lost uh, a Sasky gentleman and Brad McCrimmon uh, in the KHL. Yeah, oh my gosh, the he was crack. my roommate. Oh, I... He was my roommate, the Big Bear. Yeah. You know what's great? You know what was great about him? He was one of the most lovable, one of the most um, friendly, one of the best leaders, and one of the most up- upstanding uh, teammates I've ever had. But it's it was terrible rooming with him, and I'm going to tell you why. There's a reason why he was one of the hairiest men on, 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 on skates, because every night he would turn the air conditioning down to like 60, <laughs> right? Or open up the windows if we were in Canada and he would bring our room down to a tundra level temperature and I could never sleep because I'd get frostbite all the time, but he was always warm. His furry body that he had, that's why we called him the bear. <laughs> But he would also bring tax on the road, tax. So every time we came into the room, he would he would tack the, the drapes to the walls so that no light can get in. <laughs> Literally, we were we were stuck in a cave. So when they call him Bear, they call him Bear because his rooms that they used to stay in all the time was there was no light coming in because of the tack oh, the God. tack drapes, Unreal. and they were like fifty nine degrees. And I was his roommate for a year. God bless him. I miss him like crazy. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, the hockey world lost one of the best with Brad McCrimmon. Yeah, no question. About that it. was his last year in the NHL. You played with him in Phoenix. That's uh, that's pretty cool. So we could go through your your career forever here, Jr. But I want to jump to Salt Lake City Olympics, USA, Canada for the gold. Uh, is that one of, if not the greatest, uh, you know, hockey game and hockey moment of your life? It is. It, it, it is my. It is. It, it, when people say, "What's the best moment of your life?" The best hockey moment of your life, I say hockey moment. It was that final game in the Olympics for a couple reasons. I think number one was where we were. We're in the Olympics. It's the biggest stage in sports, right? The Olympics is is the best athletes in the world at that specific sport at that specific time. So to be a part of that show on stage to the world, pretty much claiming you're the two best best countries in the world in hockey. You got to remember, we I came from America with the exception of the 1980 Olympic team, which probably spurred this, uh, our, our generation on, winning the, the most uh, biggest upset in, in, in world history sports with the 1980 team. USA hockey sucked. We were like sixth and seventh in every international tournament. We we didn't 
you know. 95 or 94 World Cup, man. That that one's still 96. Stings. 96. Well, 96. That's, that stings. Yeah, 96. Yeah, we won yeah, we won the World Cup then too. But that was spurred on in my generation because of 1980. But through the 80s and early 90s, we were terrible. Like we we weren't we weren't, you know, we we just did not compete. So that that the culmination of 80 and then um the the young players that came up through the 80s and early 90s, like myself, Chris Chelios, Brian Leach, uh, Kachuk, Amanti, Medano, Garen, um, Waite. Uh, I can go on and on. The Hatchers, all that stuff. I mean, Richter, LeClaire. I mean, I can just continue to, to go on. We were inspired by 1980. And 2002, we were now a world power because of that inspiration. And you see now how many how many Americans are being drafted high the world juniors, how good they are in the world juniors, because that 96 team inspired the kids now that are getting drafted and, and are, and are accelerating in the national hockey league right now as Americans. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool, like um, uh, generational gap there. Let, let's go back to the world juniors and not to jump around here, but you had an unreal run playing for the USA in the world juniors, like those, those tournaments. Um, you know, let, let's be honest back then, Canada, us, you know, Russia, mm -hmm. the Czechs once in a while, so, some of the other teams are pretty piss poor, but you had an unbelievable run as an American in the world juniors. W what stories maybe stand out or a story that stands out from those world junior teams? The first world juniors was in Russia when we had those big brawls, remember when Russia's Russia brawled with Canada and we were brawled with Canada and with Russia, it was, it was crazy. Um, you know, to, to go over to Moscow during communism was, uh, was really a crazy, crazy time. And, um, I remember playing with Mike Madonna was my, was my, my team, my line mate in Moscow and in Anchorage in 19, uh, 1989. So it was 88 and 89. But the craziest thing was the game versus Russia in 1989. It was me, Tony Amonti, and Mike Medano versus Bure, Fedorov, oh. and Mogilny. That was the matchup. Wow. And it was insane, the talent that was on the ice for, for that game. Down, it was just uh, – it was something that I'll never forget. And that's, that's when Mogilny, Mogilny, you know, you know switched, switched countries, which was pretty – a pretty uh, yeah, a big, so amazing situation uh, in terms of the yeah, na National Hockey yeah. League's relationship with Russia. So, um, but I had two two World Junior Championships, and I held the record for the most points yeah. in World Junior for U.S. Yeah. Uh, for like 25 years or 26 years until Schro uh, Schrader uh, broke it. I think he broke it in 2014. Something like that. 2010. So, yeah. 2010. With, 2000, no, 2010, yeah. but he, he was in, he was in three, three world juniors. Right. I was only in two right. so, percentage wise, percentage wise. I'm still the best. Still the yeah. Let's stay with international hockey. 2006, you're left off the USA team. 2006 was a, was a huge slap in the face. Now, granted, I wasn't as, I wasn't as good, or at least my attitude wasn't as good, but I was still better than a lot of the guys on that team in 2006. And, um, um, you guys are going to have to help me with the name with the name um the gm of carolina who was the gm of atlanta you oh, can tell i don't like him you, I, you can tell i don't like him because i don't even remember his name anymore it's a good story because i never i've never never really tell the story and by the way i hope i hope he sees me not knowing his name and, he, and it insults him more <laughs> he, he he was the gm of the 2016 and he called me 
and said, um, you know, we're, we're not inviting you to the camp, but that doesn't mean that you're not, you know, you're not considered to be on the team. We're just, we know who you are and all that stuff. So he kind of gave me the, the runaround uh, that he wasn't going to invite me to the Olympic uh, tryout, the Olympic camp in the summertime, which I should have read into. Um, and then I never got a call back afterwards um, after that. If he thought that was a courtesy call to say, you know, I uh, appreciate you, but, you know, I just want to let you know that we're not inviting you to the camp, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be on the team, but we're just not inviting you to the camp. You should have just come out and just told me that I sucked at the time and you're not going to be on, on the Olympic team and it was your own fault. He shouldn't have just, he shouldn't have tried to kiss my ass and tickle my balls just to try to make me feel good. And, um, <laughs> um, that I, I, and, and I, you know what, I actually resent, I resent him for the way that he treated me, uh, in 2006 in that Olympic team. But the way that I look at it, that team was awful in the Olympics, so um, I didn't miss much. 2006 Olympics, definitely a slap in the face, JR, and a slap in the face. Not shopping local. That includes you, Farmer Synergy AG. They are your crop input retailers in the province. Even a location out there in Alberta, Synergy AG, if you're planning for next year look up the boys supporting local all the time some fun stuff here finish finish this statement the greatest sports video game players bo jackson tecmo bowl mike tyson and punch out and jeremy ronick 1994 sega baby it's yeah. not so much me it's ronick he's good i play it all the time still with my son i got the old school one we play it all the time you know you know guys this is that's the one that's 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 the one thing that people talk to me about the most is 94 Sega, whether it's, that's a start a conversation or to talk about their high school, their high school or college yeah. days and the gambling, the betting in the dorms. But, uh, you know, the, whether it's, um, swingers with, uh, Vince Vaughn, it's, it's just a really good, I'm so thankful for that game because I'm much more famous for that game on tell on video than I was in my real game on television, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Do you, do you like when's the last time you played it i actually played it um played it earlier this year they had like um a flash like one of those flashback games where yeah, the, yeah. it was nhl 20 or 20 or 17 or 18 that actually had a link where you can go back and play 94 right and um so we went back and played it and it was just so good that 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 you know wrap around that turn the wrap around the net yeah. spinorama top shelf was unstoppable so <laughs> Best. It's not so much me that's good. It's 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 Ronick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not so much me. It's Ronick. He's good. You know, I, I I'll tell you guys. You guys should go on to YouTube and see what I I did a rendition of that of that scene in Swingers. Okay. Um, I did it. I did it for Fox Sports a long time ago. It's it's really funny. We, so if you go on YouTube and say, you know, Swingers Ronick, you'll see a pretty cool pretty cool uh, rendition of that. So hey, uh, Jeremy, we always always ask all our guests because our our fans like listening uh, listening these stories. Run us through your first NHL goal, if you know what what all happened and how it all transpired. Starting when? <laughs> it's a crazy story, actually. Yes, let's let's go. Thirty six thirty six hours before the goal. <laughs> so I'm in Hull, and it's it's February, freezing. Thanks, it's 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 Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day weekend. My girlfriend, my wife at the time, my wife now, but girlfriend at the time, came up to Hull to spend a couple days with me. She gets up. As soon as she gets up, I get a call from Chicago that they're calling me up on an emergency recall to play in Minnesota. And I have to be at the airport in an hour for a flight. 
and I'm like, holy shit, it's snowing. It's, it's like 11 in the morning. And I had to race to the hot, to the rink to get my equipment. I had to race home, pack a bag. And my wife, my wife, my girlfriend just got there. So then I had to drive 20 minutes, 25 minutes out to the airport in, in Ottawa. Well, I'm running through Hull in my brand new um, blazer car, a blazer truck. And I run a stop sign and hammer this car going through the stop sign. Oh. T-boned it. Boom. And the car spins and the lady freaks out, hits the gas instead of the brake, runs over the curb and into a house, like almost into the living room, into the living room. And she gets out of the car screaming and yelling in French and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I got. You know, I'm getting called up to the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, after being in Hall for three months. You know, I, I and the cops come and I tell them, you know, Blackhawks just called me up. I got to be at the airport, you know, in 15 minutes for my flight. And I'm I'm rusting. And, I, and the cop goes, it's OK, JR, because I was very popular in Hall at the time. <laughs> it's OK, JR. We got you. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I'm like, really? So I, I took off, left, left the scene, never heard from anything about it again, never heard a thing from it. But anyway, so I rushed to the airport, left my girlfriend, got on a plane, flew to Toronto. Toronto had a snowstorm. I had to switch planes in Toronto to fly to Minneapolis. Toronto has a snowstorm. Wow. I had the flight gets canceled. This is the night before the game. I'm like, this is great. Now I gotta, I gotta go sleep in a Bodong hotel and lug all my equipment and my bags and then get back on a flight the next morning that flight was delayed i don't get to minnesota and i don't get to the rink until 11 30. teams already skated now i don't even get to skate now mind you i was injured all of january because i hurt my knee in my first game back in 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 hull in early january after the world juniors so i didn't play all january so the first time i get to skate Really, the second time I get to skate is in this game against Minnesota, and I miss morning skate. So I'm like, mother effer. I'm like, now I got I got to go on and play the Minnesota North Stars without skating for a month, a little over a month. Wow. And to make matters worse, because it was an emergency recall, the trainers didn't have a jersey and I guess technology and all that stuff would, didn't work very well back then, but they couldn't put a name tag on the back of my shirt. They just gave me a regular shirt without a name tag. A practice like, jersey. A, like, like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? Are you kidding me? Like, you guys can't get a seamstress to come on and put an R-O-E-N-I-C-K in the back of a shirt in, in like, three hours before a game? So, um yeah, so I'm I'm probably the only guy who scored his first National Hockey League goal without his name on the back of his shirt. They says, "Score! Who the fuck is that?" I don't know who it is. Anyway, Jimmy Norton. It was really cool that because the guy who assisted my, on my goal, his name you know was Brian Noonan. Brian Noonan was was the guy who I played with in the summertime in Boston every summer. Oh, cool. So the fact that he and 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 the puck was sitting right between Kari Taco's legs, I just swept through the crease and tucked it in. You know, it was the easiest goal of all time. But um, to to get a goal like that after the 24 hours, 36 hours that I had was pretty cool. Name tag or no name tag. Amazing. You got to tell, and I've heard this a long time ago, you quickly got to yeah. tell the Michael Jordan golfing story 
from mm-hmm. Chicago back in the day when, when Jordan looped 36? Probably the biggest freak in nature I've ever seen, Michael Jordan. <laughs> freak. And everything he did. And everything he does, he's the best at. And everything he does, he, 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 he hates losing. And he loves golf so much, he called me on Sunday, said, meet me at Sunset Ridge, 7 o'clock tomorrow. I'm going to play some golf. I said, Mike, you got a game tomorrow. We didn't have a game because we were, you know, it was a Monday. It was right before practice, right before playoffs. And, you know, basketball season runs a little bit longer than hockey season. So, Mike, you're playing, you have to play in Cleveland tomorrow. Like, don't worry about me. Let's go meet me there at 7. So, we meet there at 7. We go around 18. I take him, I, I beat him up pretty good for a few grand. And it's like 1030. I take when we're, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go. Mike says, uh-uh, you got to give me a chance to get my money back. Let's go play another 18. I'm like, what the? I mean, buddy, you got to play, play tonight. Don't worry about me, kid. Don't worry about me. Not only that, but we order a case of, case of beer, go around another 18, polish off another, polish off a case. It probably was probably Bud Light at the time. Three o'clock, I beat him for another couple grand and, a car is picking him up to take him, take him right to the stadium. And I'm like, Hey, Michael, I'm gonna call my bookie. I'm gonna put some money on Cleveland tonight. No way you guys are winning tonight. He goes, Oh yeah. I bet you what I owe you right now. We win by more than 20 and I get, I get over 40. I'm like, you're done. It done. Guy drops like 52 and they win by 20, by 26. <laughs> it was insane. Amazing. It was insane. So, so I, and I, he owed me like, like six, five or six grand or something like that. So after that, I owed him nothing. <laughs> he owed me nothing. He owed me nothing. Oh, guy's is... a freak. The guy's an absolute freak. He's there. He's the best athlete I've ever seen without question. And the best competitor I've ever seen. Uh, there's nobody that will ever be like Michael Jordan. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a debate. It's no. not a debate. All it's right. not a debate. You're if re- you ask anybody else except LeBron, he's probably the seventh or 10th best player. <laughs> Yeah, you were drinking those beers back then because there was no Great Western around. Sign up for the Monday Nooner kickback deal with your Wrecker senior team and Great Western Brewing. Why not get rewarded for drinking and buying beer this winter? Slide into our DMs. We'll get you hooked up with the Great Western boys. You played in a lot of uh, warm places. You were really smart. You know, <laughs> Phoenix the first year, a little San Jose yeah. action, Los Angeles. You, like such a Such a smart dude that way. Seriously, were you ever close to playing in Canada, Jr. at all in, in through your yeah. career? You know, it's funny that you asked me that because remember when I told you about Gretzky coming to ask me to play for Hall when I was fourteen yeah. years old, yeah. and I had to say no because of my mom, and I said, "You don't say no to Wayne Gretzky." Well, in two thousand six, I was getting ready to sign a contract with Calgary. I was going to go play with my great buddy and my one of my best, one of my favorite people, Daryl Sutter, in Calgary in two thousand six. And I was just getting ready to call and, and sign the deal and go up and play in Calgary. I was really excited. And Gretz calls right, like seriously, two minutes before we're going to call Daryl. And Gretz is like, hey, JR, you know, we want you to come back and play in Phoenix for a year. You know, the city loves you, you know, this and that. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I, I can't say no to Gretz second time. So I went and played for Phoenix when, and played for Gretz uh, in 2006. And by the way, Gretz is probably the second best athlete and 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 competitor that I've ever ever come into contact with. You ever peel? You ever peel him for five? Amazing. You ever peel him for five or six G on the course? No, the guy almost the guy almost like raked me uh, about three years ago. See, obviously Dustin Johnson's been giving him giving him tips because we we go out and play Sherwood 
And he's like, you got to give me eight shots. I'm like, give you eight shots. Like, and I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm a, I, I'm a one handicap. I'm thinking he's like a 14 or 15. Son of a bitch shot like 77, 78 and, and had me on the ropes until 18 where I had to pull out a birdie just to push on him. I had to press and press. The guy had me, the guy had me spinning in circles all the time. Like he had everybody in hockey. It was just amazing. Uh, okay, so how, how we end these, JR, usually just some rapid fire questions and, and some quick answers to you. Uh, so whatever comes to your mind quickly here, if we can. Uh, favorite place you ever played your home? Um, Chicago Stadium was uh, was unbeatable. There was nothing like Chicago Stadium. Okay, your favorite road game? My favorite road team, road place to play was Montreal Forum. Unbelievable! Montreal. Everybody's Montreal answered Forum. that. Everybody yeah, answers it was, Montreal. There's, there's, there's not, there was nothing like walking into the Forum for the first time. And yeah. then my second, my second was Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. You know what I love about Maple Leaf Gardens? I always used to sit at the end of the bench because there was no separation between the end of the bench and the seating where the people sat. Like nothing. Like literally, I could sit next to him, put my arm around the guy next to him, and watch him eat his hot dog or, or take a sip of his beer. And I loved that 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 real closeness with the fans. I loved it being there. Besides you, which player deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Curtis Joseph. Favorite coach. I, um, favorite coach of all time. Sorry, my daughter's calling me from Germany, so sorry. That's all right. um, my favorite coach of all time. You know, Mike Mike Keenan created the, the player that I was and I, I credit um, my grit and I credit the way that I, my style and my play, my hitting and had all around play to Mike Keenan. Uh, he wasn't the most fun guy to play for, but I'll, I'll, I'll credit him as my favorite coach because if it wasn't for him, I would not have had the career that I would have, mm -hmm. that I had. But I think if I look back, um, you know, Todd McClellan was one of my favorite coaches of all time. He, he he was he's, he was such a, a good personal personality guy. Ron Wilson was was great with me. So my my years in San Jose, um, I I really appreciated. And those two coaches there uh, treated me the way that I uh, that I wanted to be treated, and um, really made the end of my career special. Favorite ref or refs? Uh... Oh my gosh, um, I. I I love them and hate them all. That, can you say that? I mean, oh, yeah. I used to yell and complain. They used to yell. They used to laugh at me because I used to complain at the refs all the time. Stewie, you know, Stewie used to just just laugh at me and scream back at me. Kerry Frazier called a penalty on me for um, I got tripped, and he called a penalty for like diving or something like that, and I got tripped. And I'm like, "What are you? Are you kidding me?" He goes, "You just fell. The didn't trip you. You just fell." I said, "I just fell." I'm one of the best skaters in the, um, in the world. I don't just fall. And he looked at me and started laughing. So he thought that was the greatest line ever. When I said, I don't, I just don't fall. I'm one of the best skaters in the world. I don't just fall. So Kerry Frazier is one of my, one of my favorites too. Um, Brad Meyer, gosh, ever, have, Brad I, Meyer, Brad Meyer ever ref you. He's a Sasky gentleman, friend of the uh, podcast. Yeah. The, the, that big bitch was crazy, man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Remember the, the, the Puzo, the lineman, the Puzo. There was not a nicer guy friendlier guy to be on the ice with than, than Pat DePuzo. He is, he was, he was one of the best referees, uh, linesmen ever. So, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. They're crazy. Most, uh, most you've ever peeled somebody for on the golf course. Unfortunately, it's not, it's not as much as I've been peeled, but. Okay. Um, let's go. Let's go uh, both then. Yeah. Ask, yeah, both. Answer both. Mine is 11. <laughs> 11. I think I've probably the best, the best I've done is probably seven and a half. 
Oh, solid. What's your favorite track? Um, that you played. It's a track. It's a track that I'm playing in two weeks. Cypress, Cypress Point, Point. out in Pebble. Uh, it's the best walk in golf. I've played in Augusta. It's awesome. I played Pine Valley all the time. I've played uh, Wing uh, Wingfoot. I've played um, Whistling Straits. But there's something about Cypress that um, that is it's 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 special. There's a little it's it's something that I can't can't describe. Okay, two more. What's your go-to uh, if you got to do karaoke? I've seen you do Funky Cold Medina. Funky Cold Medina, baby. Funky Cold Medina. Yeah. Bust a move. Bust a move in Funky Cold Medina. <laughs> nice. I will. I I will roast anyone in a karaoke contest to both those songs guaranteed you, you did not bad with guns and roses the one uh, one clip i saw too yeah. yeah but then i can't then i can't talk then i can't talk for like two days because my voice is just wrecks it <laughs> sound like dave manson <laughs> yeah did you, did you know he has he has the record for the highest vocals right he, he, he could take his voice to the highest like i don't know what they call it octone or whatever right octaves but octaves. even 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 higher than whitney houston wow. that guy's a freak so when i try to do it i wreck my voice but i try anyway Okay, what's your favorite part about uh, Canada, specifically the prairies? Um, I mean, I could go on and on for this. I, I think their 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 humbleness, their their ability to to make you feel uh, like you're part of the family, giving, and their passion for their families for their friends and their sport listen i've i've, I've always marveled at uh, at the canadian culture um i've i've even said i played like a canadian you know as when i was growing up and when i was in the national hockey league i just think there's a humbleness in canada and a respect in canada that uh, a lot of a lot of the world can learn from um especially this country that i'm in right now which is deteriorating right in front of my eyes um which is which is sad, which is very maddening and sad and sad at the same time. And um, I just wish everybody in America could see how Canadians, you know, um, live their life and treat other people. Hey, and it would be it would be a, it would be a much better place. Oh, deadly, dude! That thanks was, so uh, much, man. That was unreal. You dude, know dude. what? Anytime you're up here, man, there's some sweet golf courses uh, that we would I, listen. I, I will I, I don't pass up many opportunities to come to Saskatoon or to Saskatchewan. Trust me, I love it. Right on. Thanks so Thanks, much, man. Johnny. All right, all right, guys. Going, buddy. Chat later. I knew they were going to be a bit of a wagon. So, Boz, wow. uh, how uh, how pissed are you that you missed that? Oh, really? What yeah. question would you would you ask that we missed? Um, I probably being the degenerate I am would have talked about gambling more because <laughs> when he played in, uh, he said Phoenix was the worst. I heard somewhere else like with. Uh, uh, Kachuk and these guys they would play cards on the plane yeah. like tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars you guys did it it was an unbelievable interview. I'm not knocking it at all but I love the gambling talk yes, so JR part 2 we'll do a little gambling segment so the thing with him belts and you had to leave early Kinner is he stayed on and talked to us for like another eight to ten minutes yeah. and just a great guy we asked if he knew give us some numbers of some other guys no problem no problem no problem like i was like wow this guy no wonder he's loved everywhere he played i guess maybe the except for at nbc yeah the, the guy at nbc sounds like a, a total donkey Pigeon. but uh, yeah awesome interview and uh Hey, thanks to Ed Dave Spooner, Cathedral Electric, because without you, he wouldn't be doing interviews like that. That's right. You know, one thing about uh, JR, 
guy's got a bit of a temper at times. You know, he's a passionate guy, and and that's why I think of the uh, the tirade because I'm sure you could have had him do the tirade. We could probably would have talked about politics and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But uh, tirade time, belts. It's that time of the week. Let's go tirade this week for Healthy Eyes Optometry. Well, you know what? We've been mixing it up tonight. We've been uh, kind of all over the map, so we are going to mix it up even more tonight. I'm going to pass the tirade over tonight to uh, Mr. Sean Kindop. Ironically, everyone talks about Pims lately and me being a terrible hockey player, but I do actually have a tire that it's actually been kind of bugging me and the more so with COVID and politics and everything, my tire is social media and I'm not in this, not directed at anyone specific or just any, it's just the inability of people to not be able to scroll by whether it's a news article, whether it's somebody saying something, whether it's a sports, politics, anything of people being unable to scroll past something without having to comment, like, share, like, Unless it's a Monday Nooner post, then comment, like, share, and like, there's, please. There's engaging for fun. Follow us. There's, en- there's engaging to chirp and make, like, have a little bit of fun, but there's some people, like, there's multiple, multiple people that need to share and retweet and everything just to, I don't know, man. It, it drives me. Do they, you ever now. This is our social media guy, folks. So, yeah. So, but he, do you ever now, being older, do you ever type stuff in, like, your reply, you're mad, you're replying on stuff, and then be like, ah, never. But I don't even delete it. I actually don't do much social media. I really don't. I I don't even really waste my time. But you haven't even watched Youngblood. <laughs> that could be the tirade. But the, but then there's tea with Mrs. McGill. <laughs> so even back to like there's there's ways like and all of these people that do this, they all have jobs and employers and still yeah. put all of that on the line yeah. for that two seconds of what to make himself feel better. Like, I, I'm fucking. I'm I'm done now. So take it over. I just I don't want to. Does that mean you're giving up the Monday Nooner Twitter? Well, okay. <laughs> who, sponsor, who sponsored that? Healthy Eyes Optometry. Sean Fleming. Nice. Seen him again the other day. How um, many times you get in your eyes well, checked? Listen, I, you know, really? I had to go back. I, I had to go He's back. He's not a masseuse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fresh pretty, balls. I, yeah. From the, I took the 22 Fresh Gotch, went in there. I still got them on. Really? Went in there to get my contacts. Or them as a mask. No, I went, hmm. to, get, <laughs> I, went to, <laughs> I went to get my contacts. And uh, yeah, he was there. And he chatted with me. He annoyed the lady trying to uh, trying to get my contacts fitted. She was uh, just about to do it. He walked in. Belts, what's going on? We started chatting. No, she wasn't. He's so quiet. Yeah. When I was getting my eyes checked, he's literally like a foot from me. And he's so quiet that I'm like, speak on. Like, he's so soft-spoken, right? Beauty, yeah. And he had his, and he had his mask that, on, too. So we hugged. And was, that, was that Shane? <laughs> Having a good week? Anyway, <laughs> Healthy Eyes Optometry. Sean Fleming. Absolute uh, beauty. Former yeah. Cots goalie. Go, uh, go give him a... You need your eyes checked? Hit him up. Locations on Rochdale and in Harbor Landing. There you go. Senior Hockey Soiree brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. It's about that time. Everyone's doing things inside the house, planning stuff inside the house. These guys can buy... If I see you at Home Depot buying stuff that you can get from Freeze Tallman, and I know you're a Monday Nooner listener, I'm going to hit you from behind into the lumber. CFBs. Keeps you honest. What do you get for one of those nowadays? I don't know. At least five. Five. (laughs) I I think you've got a shift. That uh, tirade, I don't know if that suits you. You, got a, you get a little too hot. You feel I still feel like you're on edge two minutes Freeze, later. Freeze, Tallman, Lumber. Everybody, please support local. These guys can do it all from a doorknob to a window to drywall, shiplap, whatever you need. Freeze, Tallman in Regina, Fort Capel. Now we're getting into senior hockey. <clears throat> and the senior hockey top 10 yesterday, we're getting japped already for releasing that and heckled and guys are messaging how can we dropped out hey how come we're not hired i thought we did it again 
I thought, you know what, the Cardiff uh, Redverse thing, Boz. Two we- best teams in the Big Six, probably, and I feel like Redverse could have been there the first week. They went out and had a big weekend. We can't go on to Sports Center and watch your highlights and get your ratings. You know what really sucks in a lot of these leagues is the teams that we are handicapping as the two best teams yep. aren't going to play each other because of the divisions. Oh, you look at the yeah. Sask West, Wilkie, Kindersley, two best teams, opposite divisions. You look at uh, Craig, Craig and the Wadena Wagons. That's I said, Craig two plays in unbelievable franchises, <laughs> including the Wagons, but they're not going to play. So hmm. when you're handicapping other leagues, but when you're handicapping within the league and they're not even playing, it makes it really tough. But yeah. it's a lot like college football. Wouldn't it be great to see that one upset? Where you just get a massive Hanley upset. I was just going to say Hanley. On a cold Friday evening, and the boys head to Big Murs just selling Reach. hard. Senior hockey swallower eight, Freeze Tom and Lumber, and the top 10. Hopefully, every week we're going to release the top 10 show. Now it's time. Richie Brothers, they had the rink report, but rink reports are. Uh, Kind of a thing of the past. We know all the rinks that are open. Please support your local rinks. A lot of the canteens aren't open. It really hurts. Then support the local bar. Yeah. Just, you know, there's a bar in town or a restaurant. Whatever. Just go and support. Uh, Richie Brothers Auctioneers are supporting everything local along with this podcast. Thanks very much. Richie Brothers Balls, what's coming up for the big sales coming up? Big sale in Rolo, Saskatchewan next week. It's on Thursday the 19th and Friday the 20th. There's going to be uh, the 19th is where they do the the live auction, and by live, I mean auctioneers, but it's all internet because of COVID. So that's on the 19th, and then all the tell, tell items, which is timed auction lots, are on the 20th, next Friday. So farmers, if you're looking to spend some money, uh, get something before the end of the year, might help with tax purposes. Next week, Enrollo is a great chance. They're actually uh, open, you know, leading up to. You can go look at stuff in the yard. So maybe if you're looking for something to do in Southern Sask. And then up in Saskatoon, early December, it's December the 9th. They have the, the huge sale. It's the biggest sale of the year, I think, uh, they have is up in Saskatoon. You know where I'm supposed to drink beer next week? Saskatoon. Thursday, Friday? Drink. Leroy. Oh, Leroy. Saskatchewan, yeah, the Leroy Tavern. I'm going up there for the Leroy uh, Town Lotto. Oh, thing. really? Everyone yeah. I know that's named Leroy likes to have a good time. You got a player of the, player of the week for Itchy Brothers? Is that what we're doing yeah, this week? They're a sponsor of the Player of the Week Senior Hockey Style. We're going to go with Justin Boyer from the Foam Lake Flyers. Justin had one goal, three apples, and a 5-4 overtime loss. So there you go. Everybody, quick dick out there in the Foam Lake area. You know what that means? When you win the Monday Nooner Player of the Week, you buy the boys around. So Justin Boyer is buying the next round, boys, at the Foam. What was the Foam Lake one called? It was called the bar. Foam Lake bar. The local. That would be a good name. He did mention it. uh, Tavern. Something tavern. I don't know, but it sounds like a great time. I like Foam Lake Bar. So Foam Lake, Justin Boyer, he might have lost in overtime to Winyard, which was upsetting, but uh, at least you're the Monday Nooner Player of the Week. Keep it Some up. Some of that sticks and gas. Going Keep your stick on the ice, bud. Boys around. Hunting and fishing segment. It's brought to you by our friends at the Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, please continue to uh, wear your mask, especially with everything going on, so we can have some hockey this year and get everybody back in the rink and not go mental this winter. Thanks, Prince Albert Raiders. Sizzo, Mapes. Thanks, boys. So <laughs> uh, we actually got some fan mail this week. Was it a handwritten letter? It was actually a voice note. A voice note. <laughs> so let's just fire this up and see uh, what the people are saying there, Belts, about your segment. Anytime you want to fish, you name the f***ing lake, I'll f***ing out fish you anytime. You just name it. I'll be there, f***ing pigeon. <laughs> name the lake. He's going to outfish you. I got some of that. 
Anytime you want to fish, you need in the f***ing lake, I'll f***ing outfish you anytime. You just name it. I'll be there. F***ing pigeon. Anytime. Anytime you want to blank and fish. Any lake. F and outfish you anytime. Who was that? Do we, have, we can't have a say. name? We don't have a name? Let's no, just say he's a it. fan of the show. Big Maybe fan. not just the hunting and fishing. So yeah. how much do we, how much are we chucking out there? What's the what's the <laughs> this bet? This is on be? you now. You well, hey, we got to set it. We got a ring up going. for grabs. We got which one? So hey, let's uh, let's chuck okay, let's chuck a hundo on it. We'll do a we'll do a one dare, and uh, we'll do our. Five. We're doing a pod from the boat. Given, given where this guy is, I'm not is, getting out of bed for a hundred. Sorry. <laughs> given where this guy is, it'll probably be uh, Echo or Mission or Katepwa or one, one of those. The, one of the, we'll let yeah. him have the home lake. Sure, That's mighty sure. neighborly of you. Well, we'll let him. We'll let him pick the lake. I told him to get his dog kennel out of the bottom before. <laughs> He did say that. Did he? he did, did say that. Yeah. Tell him to shave off the serial number because I don't want any. I don't want any cheating going on. Well, if Kinner, well, if Kinner out there, swimming, why doesn't he just take Barnes boat then? That thing doesn't have any serial numbers. <laughs> we what's, actually, that, what's that one from Mexico? Trezamore. Trezamore. We actually uh, got some other fan mail about you, but uh, I think yes. we're going to save that for future. No, I don't know. I think we should get into it. Sure, we, I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> but this person did want to stay anonymous on this story. They let them. They uh, want to cares? stay anonymous. Who cares? No, they, no, they want to stay anonymous. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So sure. this guy's a big fan of the Monday Nooner. Right. Listens all the time. And he's got some family out in Hodgeville. Hodgeville, Saskatchewan. So he says uh, to his uh, uncle, I think it was, who used to be a part of the uh, executive Love with the Hodgeville Huskies. Yeah. He said, hey, listen to this Monday Nooner. No, what it's all about? All the Shane Belters on it. What was the words? That fucking that asshole. Every time we had a big game, he'd leave and he'd go fishing. I told you. <laughs> Biggest game this guy in the actually, franchise's history or something. No, I was at that one. We lost. This guy hated your guts. But tell, he, tell, he actually hates you still. He did. Tell him to join the club. He's got to get in line because it's a big line, I'm sure. You're a good sport. <laughs> I knew they were going to be a bit of a wagon. Well, that's it, boys. That's it for twirl number 23. Jeremy Roenick was awesome. We are going to come back next week with another another unbelievable guest. We already recorded the interview. Wow, some of this guy's stories. Might not be the biggest name, but the stories are unbelievable. And we're going to have another senior top 10 show after a whole slew of games this weekend. So we're going to see what happens and shakes down there. And all you degenerates, enjoy watching golf this weekend. Oh. The Masters. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. It's already started. Play. I'm on uh, Tiger Woods. He was 46 to 1. Why wouldn't you bet on the goat? Why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? Why wouldn't you? One last year, he hasn't played well, hasn't played much, but Tiger Woods at Augusta, 46 to 1. Love it. Put that hole in one. <laughs> that was freaking John crazy. Rom. Yeah, that was like, unbelievable. Like, I'm just so glad it wasn't Patrick Reed, that asshole. But John Rom, good on you. Like, that was sick. I had somebody ask me, how do you skip a golf ball like that? Like, do you, is that front spin or how does that work? Anybody, anyway, do you mind just you, go curb plunk? cut. You hit it really hard. That is crazy. Anyway, Tiger Woods this weekend. Enjoy it. Spend your day on the couch gambling as much as possible. That's where I'll be. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to show you. I do I end up by your side. Don't know who to turn to. Don't know what I could do. How do I end up by your side? Just
want to show you I just want to love you I just want to be there by your side I just want to know you I don't want to snow you I just want to be there by your side Yeah. 